Hello, friend, and welcome to the Rise Collective podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Jordan, and I'm honored to facilitate a place to gather and hear stories and teachings from our relations. Thank you for being here. If you find value in these episodes, you can become a patron and get exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash risecollective. Before we begin, let's call in our benevolent guides. We humbly give thanks for your assistance and support today. May our listeners hear what they need to hear in service of their highest good. And so it is. Hello and welcome to the Rise Collective Podcast. I'm Carrie Jordan and this is episode 17. Today, I'm sharing my interview with Nanhedi Gonzalez-Neal. First, I want to thank my wonderful patrons who help keep this show on the air. I'm so thankful for your help. Right now, we have six patrons with a goal of reaching 50 patrons by June 15th. So I ask that if you're finding value in listening to these episodes, that you please become a patron for as little as $3 a month. There are lots of costs associated with producing this show, and every little bit helps. If you can't support in that way, please write a review. The most recent patron bonus is a 45-minute video class where I teach about how we can work with the nature spirits and the elementals to heal the earth. And if you don't know what an elemental is, watching the video is a perfect way to learn about it. You can access that video class on Patreon, and the website is patreon.com slash risecollective at the $3 per month level. Okay, so if you don't know Nanhedi Gonzalez-Neal, I'm going to share a little bit about her here. Hedi has been working to support the exchange of earth wisdom alongside her husband, Tat Eric Gonzalez, from episode 10, since 1998. Fluent in Spanish, she's traveled throughout the United States, Guatemala, Canada, and Northern Europe to help organize, facilitate, and interpret for various international councils and ceremonial gatherings with Mayan and other indigenous elders, as well as non-native peoples from all over the world. In 2005, Nanhedi received her sacred bundle and spiritual mission as an Achkech in the Mayan tradition. She learned, she earned a master's degree in creation spirituality from the University of Creation Spirituality slash Naropa University in 1999. And she's also the founder and president of Earth Peoples United. She helps lead ceremonies at EPU's land base at Deer Mountain north of Mount Shasta in Northern California. And I wanted to invite Hetty on the show because um, a friend recently asked me, are you going to do a show about what's happening about this coronavirus? And I hadn't been planning to, but I asked her, who would you want to hear from? And my friend said she wanted to hear from Hetty. And Hetty and I had already been talking about doing a podcast episode together, and this just seemed like the perfect time. 
coming out of this conversation with Hetty, I felt really um, calm and down-regulated in my nervous system, um, feeling a, a great amount of trust in what's unfolding despite the challenge that comes with it. Um, so this seemed like a really perfect, perfectly aligned time to speak with Hetty. And I'd love to have her on again to talk more about her own, her own path. In this episode, we talk about the paradox of the COVID-19 pandemic. And what I mean by paradox is that it has death and struggle and challenge and paradoxically it has medicine that it is sharing with us. Nanhedi shares about her mother's death and it struck me how she talks about it being the worst thing that she could have ever imagined happening to her and also so full of love. Nanhedi shares about my own prophecy of these times and finally, I want to make a note that in this episode, we referenced something that went viral on social media that wasn't 100% correct. It was exaggerated. You may have seen the um, environmental issues that are clearing up as a result of quarantine and fewer cars on the road and factories running less. And there was something that went around on social media talking about that and it's true that the waters in venice have cleared the animals in city streets in asian countries are always there they're just now in much greater numbers and our air pollution year over year is down so i want you to keep this in mind as you listen to that part of the interview once again if you're interested in taking that video class about working with the nature spirits and supporting the show check out my patreon patreon.com slash rise collective okay let's get into this interview welcome Hetty, to the rise collective podcast thank you for being with us today mm, thank you so much for having me especially on this day of spring equinox yes a very auspicious time for us to be talking i'd love to start out by having you share a little bit about yourself your devotion to the mayan tradition your story and a little bit about Earth Peoples United. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm a 45-year-old woman <laughs> and I grew up just in a regular American family, didn't really have any tradition or spirituality or anything that we followed and had a really good blessed life. Um, I went, studied abroad in Costa Rica in college and when I came home, my world was kind of thrown upside down. I was in a deep depression. I didn't feel like I related to anything. And the only thing that helped me was finding like a spiritual path and art. Um, I was 20. And when I was 23, I met who's now my husband, Eric Gonzalez, who's a Mayan spiritual leader and teacher, um, and met him at a gathering that I was helping to support and him and some Mayan elders were there. And they were just so joyful and playful. And I had been studying so much in school about the oppressions and all the injustice that had happened, and especially in Guatemala. And I was so like, just like blown away how joyful these people were. 
and at the end of this gathering they did an offering and they put all these kopal and incenses into the fire and it's just so powerful um i also speak spanish because i lived in costa rica so they had me help translate um so i got to deeply connect with these elders and eric who later we became um a couple and he invited me to a ceremony where he did a baptism for a little boy and i went and it was out in nature next to this beautiful rock and tree and um there were flowers and the mayan ceremony is so beautiful it uses like sugar and chocolate and honey and all these dried herbs and the scents and the just the whole experience was overwhelmingly beautiful so i just said can i help be part of this is there any way i could just help. Um, I kind of paused from most things in my life and this had a lot of meaning to me. So I just started helping um, and got deeper and deeper into the ways. Um, and one of the biggest gifts, I'm always give thanks that I learned Spanish because I've been in lots of situations where I've been needed to help translate. Um, and that's a beautiful way to be learning and be serving um, and so I, I helped organize a bunch of councils and helped translate. And that in 2005, um, I was called before the fire and told to go grab my bundle. And they did a whole initiation ceremony and made me an Akkich, which is one of the Mayan spiritual leaders. And I had no idea that was going to happen. And I was sobbing and just, it was very, very powerful. Um, and just felt such a, sacred honor because I'm obvious, well, I guess the people listening can't see me, but I have blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, I have, as far as I know, I mean, I, I know I have Welsh blood, maybe some Druid, you know, um, Celtic, European ancestry, but like American indigenous blood, I don't have any that I know of. And to feel that trust and that love that was given to me in that way felt just incredibly honoring and beautiful and humbling. Um, one of the things that I love about the Mayan tradition that has been so beautiful is they're so, it's so universal. Um, it's all about connecting to nature and the elementals and really about the state of your heart and not about the color of your skin or the, um, you know, the color that we are. So that I've always felt extremely welcomed and loved in that way. Um, it's very, very beautiful. Um, and I know that there was a lot of trust that I was really helping the people and it was really through my service that I was given this honor. So um, for me, it's the biggest blessing in my life to be on this path and I can't count the number of times that it's helped me in really challenging situations just to have this ceremonial way to live my life and stay connected and um, touch into something greater than myself and my, whatever the situation I'm going through. Um, <clears throat> the biggest gift was last January, um, my mom passed away, who's, who's my best friend. She is my teacher, you know, just so many, such an important woman in my life. And all the teachings and everything I've learned and the ceremonial honoring of her and um, through that whole experience was unbelievable and awakened something huge in me. And I know if I hadn't have had those tools to use, I would have been in such a different place. 
Um, mm -hmm. And of course, that spiritual connection connects us to something that's more than just our physical. So that, that also is extremely helpful and was extremely helpful at that time. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I've been following a little bit of your celebration of your mom's life mm -hmm. and it seems like a really beautiful way to honor her. Mm -hmm. um, and right now I'm just, I'm in touch with the, the lack of, um, the lack of collective uh, kind of ushering into the other side in, in our culture. We don't, we often don't know how to deal with death and how to help our loved ones cross over. And so I think that she's really lucky that mm -hmm. she gets to have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. She had, she's had done a lot of hospice work and was with a lot of friends that had died and, um, I never had anybody close to me before her, mm -hmm. my life cross. Um, and it feels like for my own personal feelings around it, it felt like some kind of an activation and a needed experience because we're in this intense time in our world. And right now we're seeing it as the coronavirus, but we also have our the global warming. And I just feel like there are going to be a lot of experiences of death and transformation. Um, but for me, that experience was just held with so much love. Like the love I felt was at a level that I've never felt before. And what can be activated through that love felt like more powerful than, than almost anything else. <laughs> so I don't really have words to put to it in, in what I felt, but that, um, as we're seeing a lot of these deaths and things happen in our world, that really feel like they're opportunities to activate this love and this, this new way that couldn't really happen in any other way. Mm. So I, that feels, it feels weird to say that, you know, it's kind of an intense thing to say, um, but I felt it so strongly and I felt like for me, um, whatever reason I needed to go through that at that time, and then I always believe when people cross to the spirit world, they're, they have work to do in other ways that they're, they're weaving. And I, I could feel my mom being there, like if anybody in my family passes or something happens that she's been there to help welcome and embrace people as they come through. So yeah, it was just such a powerful experience. <laughs> I wanna make sure that I I'm getting what you're saying because it seems really potent. So it sounds like when your mother died, you felt in, in, in celebrating her life and um, creating ceremony around her crossing over, you felt an overwhelming sense of love that you have never felt before. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like as this coronavirus is hitting us, you are noticing that 
a lot of people are dying and that could potentially open up a new that that same energy of love that you that you felt mm-hmm. is that right yeah i mean there's like that fine line right could easy it's very easy to go into fear um, yeah but we're seeing a lot of people going into the fear um and that you know that's concerning but on the other side of that being able to hold it all with great love feels like a tremendous gift um it also with my mom's passing I, i really saw an activation that happened in those that she really loved and i was shown certain people in particular that by her crossing there was something being activated that would would not have been activated any other way um and and there were so many alignments and things that just blow my mind and continue to happen on anniversaries and just the timing of when things happen happening on a grandchild's birthday or really significant days Mm. um, that it's like wow there is there is like a larger thing happening here um yeah but going back to the the love piece is yeah, just, just when that passing happens, it felt like when that happens with, with love, it, it's like the love just gets even more amplified. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I just feel for like all the, the healthcare professionals and those that are just working so hard to, I might be the ones with these people as they're passing, but I imagine that just the, the love and the respect for these people is there in this present. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. And here we are kind of like isolated, but, but then at the same time, we're not like, I don't, mm-hmm. it's such an interesting thing just to be witnessing. Yeah. It's very paradoxical too. There's so much duality here. Um, the other day, a friend of mine sent me this really beautiful um, piece of writing about the medicine of this time. Uh, Let me see if I can remember. Well, I've seen a few different pieces of writing that have been talking about the medicine and what they're highlighting is slowing down um, and now I remember that this particular one that she had sent me was in, it was written in the voice of the virus. And it was something like, we are here to stop the rushing, to stop the trains, stop the this and then that. And it was really beautiful. And then um, in terms of the paradox there, yeah, there's, there can be medicine in this. And then there's also this, um, sense of injustice on all of the people who are being affected. And we were talking about how these kinds of writings can occur as spiritual bypassing. They can occur as um, a little bit flippant and privileged ways of looking at it. Um, Yeah. And then it has me think of all of the people who are having extreme hardship 
losing their jobs, not able to pay their rents, not able to purchase what they need to purchase. And um, it just got me really in touch with this, the duality and the paradox. It's not one or the other. It's not like, this is medicine yeah. or, and it's not, this is a horrible injustice, but it, it's both and it's everything in between. Yeah. Um, so I just think that's, that's important to say for mm -hmm. those listening that I don't think either of us are intending to bypass or ignore any of the hardships that people are having. And um, I do believe that there's medicine in everything. Mm -hmm. And I imagine you have a, a similar um, belief or story worldview. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of suffering. And I think it's going to probably increase, you know, we're just in the beginning of this. Um, it's still, I mean, yeah, we're just starting. I think, I think we're probably going to end up in this a lot longer than what we think. Um, I know we started this self-isolation thing, you know, maybe a couple of weeks or the school said, are oh, we going to be a couple of weeks now? This morning I read, you know, schools in California might be closed for the rest of the school year. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so as it starts to get harder and harder, I think we're gonna see more more suffering and I do really feel for people. Um, mm -hmm. It's not fair, it's, it's like when natural disasters hit too, the people that are most affected are the poor and the, you know, the ones mm -hmm. that don't have access to good services or, um, and I think we do see a lot of communities coming together where there's a lot of people helping each other as best they can. Um, and I, I feel like we're, we need, you know, the world is going in a way that it was going to have something collapse, right? Because it's unsustainable. Mm -hmm. This is such an interesting thing. One that it's global, like um, a natural disaster hits an area and we feel, oh, compassion if we're not part of it, but it's not the same. Like I talked to my family in Holland um, they're experiencing the same thing. Guatemala, our friends and family there, same thing. It's, it's so interesting how it's like this shared experience. Mm -hmm. um, and there is what you spoke about, absolutely. And like the, all this, the shelves are emptied at the stores, but now they're getting restocked, you know. Um, and a natural disaster, oftentimes, you know, there's just no way to get what they need to people. And this is a different scenario. It's, it's just so interesting. Um, it's so just human, mm -hmm. like uniquely human. And then we see all those cases of like the dolphins returning to the canals in Italy and Venice and the waters are crystal clear and the deer coming into the cities and it's like the monkeys and those things are just powerful to me. Just like, it, it's like, it feels like an amazing wake up call, um, an opportunity to really see like our healthcare system is terrible in our country, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and it's really being demonstrated right now. And unfortunately, I mean, I was reading that the hospital staffs don't even have access to masks and things to like, just one little paper mask is all that's protecting them. We don't even have that. Like, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes these kinds of things to really like demonstrate it. Like you can't look away. You can't deny it. 
Um, mm -hmm. So what are we going to learn from this? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's really interesting. Um, and for, for us with Earth Peoples United, we have this nonprofit that we started in 2006 um, and is based on connecting indigenous wisdom keepers and sharing traditional wisdom, connecting to the land. Um, and so yesterday we, or no, two days ago, I, I found that quote that was about the deer returning to the cities and the, you know, the way the earth is healing in just a matter of days, right? Just a few days of human kind of pausing their activity, mm -hmm. how the earth is responding. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I want to send this out. Well, it's, it's going viral right now. We've have over a hundred thousand views. Um, wow. And then, and then I think, wow. And even that expression, right? It's gone viral. So here we have like this virus going viral. And then we have these positive messages going viral. And I don't know, it, I just sit and I'm like, wow, it's how interesting, you know, <laughs> how interesting if we can get the medicine and hold the balance in these positive things going mm -hmm. viral. You know? <laughs> yeah. Know. It's just kind of like, whoa. <laughs> these words that we use so flippantly, mm -hmm. they get extra meaning when they align in certain moments with yeah. this kind of synchronicity. And I'm noticing that you were, you were talking about synchronicity yeah. earlier um, mm -hmm. with all of the activations that happened for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We never know what, what is that thing that might just touch somebody. I know certain things that I've read, have just completely transformed a, a thought form or a way that I think of things. So I love that people are sharing all these, this medicine and people singing songs to each other. And like the, I posted a video of this little native girl who did, went and put on her regalia with her jingle dress and wanted to dance for the people as her prayer. And, you know, it's like, that's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my own daughter, who's five, <clears throat> you know, she, she doesn't really understand, of course, but she knows something. And um, I've been working with her when she gets worried about something. I encourage her to change it into a prayer instead of, oh, I'm worried this is going to happen. Well, how about we change that into a prayer? So mm -hmm. she, she's been coming to me like, it's, it seems like more and more each day when we're playing mom. And we need to make a prayer, okay? Mm. A prayer for us to be safe and our family to be safe and our loved ones to be safe. And, and it just feels like such a positive way of dealing with our worry where it's like addressing the concern, but putting out a positive energy um, for what we want rather than just staying in the negative of what could happen. Um, and I'm always like, wow, what a good tool that she has at her little five-year-old self. <laughs> yeah, that's a, such a great thing to be teaching her. I've been doing that myself and it started as a function of just anxiety and the, the mental loop that can start. And for me, what happens when I make my anxiety or my worry into a prayer is that I can just give it to creator and yeah 
and the mental loop stops. So this is a really helpful tool yeah. for people to use. And I love that you're teaching your daughter that at such a young age. Um, I'm curious if there is of any other downloads or wisdom that you have had about this virus or any of the medicine in it. Um, or if we want to talk a little bit about motherhood. Hmm. <laughs> Hang on just a second. Um, I have had some things that I had written up to. Um, Yeah, well, you know, part of the path that I've walked and that I've been part of um, with a lot of gatherings of Indigenous elders and sharings is, um, you know, a lot of this kind of big global things like um, the climate change and, and I would say this, you know, are things that the prophecies have shared about. Um, and, you know, that the things have to change, right? They're not, they're not in a sustainable way, the things I spoke about before. Um, mm -hmm. And that, you know, connection with nature feels super important. Um, and it's, for me, it, that's the thing more than anything else that really helps me get grounded, like out of my mind or kind of spinning out thoughts or is just to be in nature and realize um, you know, life continues. Like I, I can go walk outside and no matter what the human experience is, um, you know, the water is still flowing. The spring is coming, you know, today we get to celebrate the coming of spring in the north. You know, our daffodils are blooming. You know? <laughs> um, even in natural disaster areas or like you see in Australia, all the wildfires, now the sprouting is happening and life is coming back. Um, to me, that's so valuable and important to keep connected to that. Um, you know, somebody's posted, oh, my yoga class is canceled. And somebody's response was, no, it's not canceled. Yoga, you can't cancel yoga, you know? <laughs> so those kinds of realizations of these things that are, are just real and elemental. And um, that's, to me, that's really reassuring. Um, you know, and then they're saying like with this particular thing, going outside, you know, breathing fresh air, vitamin D from the sun, it's all, it's important for our health, you know. So those reminders that, you know, I think is a big part of why we've come to where we've come to as humans is because we've lost that connection to nature. Um, so how can we develop that again um, and really let that guide us? Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. I also feel like this experience with the coronavirus, it feels like, um, I said, I already said that it's like a wake up call. It's almost like practice for things to come without being, I don't mean to be doom and gloom, but I think there are real things that we can expect changes in the world because of what we've done to the environment and to the earth. Um, you know, we've been seeing them. They're just gonna increase. Um, so I feel like this is a really opportunity in some ways, and I don't ever, ever wanna minimize any, any of the suffering or the hardship that this is creating. 
but I never ever want to to do that and it feels like it's maybe a gentler way that is giving us a real experience not just like a like oh I'm going to read an article about it and have my opinion about it but all of us are living this right now so what what are the lessons that we can learn and the reflections we can see and really see where are things breaking down what are the things that are working what are the things that are enduring and persevering and lasting and when we come through this how can we make those changes you know, mm. communities are really coming together and being strengthened and some beautiful things are happening are we going to let that go as soon as things go back to normal maybe there will be no normal <laughs> as we know yeah. i really don't know um but the less i feel like the lessons we can learn can really serve us for just going forward into the future because we're at, we're at this kind of crazy time and I really feel that for our children and those little ones that are coming in right now. Yeah. It's just part of their life now. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been having a similar thought about uh, just climate refugees. I think of all, all the island nations and um, beachside, waterside mm -hmm. communities. Um, and this idea that you shared about the the prophecies i'm curious um if you could share more about this and i'm remembering that when i interviewed eric i'll put the episode in the show notes um with taught eric and in that episode he was talking about this mayan idea of the took are you familiar with this Oh. Um, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and he was sharing about how uh i'm not sure if he sh he shared this uh metaphor or if i came up with it <laughs> or if it, it it was a image that came up in my mind while he was sharing about it but i was thinking about the squirrels and how the squirrels um gather all their nuts uh in the fall for the winter and it's about getting ready and doing the work that's necessary. Um, and I've been thinking about that, what he said about that a lot during this time, um, mm -hmm. kind of in the frame that you shared that it's practice mm -hmm. and also a little bit wishing that I had prepared more uh, a friend of mine was sharing the other day that when we think of emergency preparation, it can seem really far-fetched yeah. that something like this could happen and then it happens. Yeah. Um, and I've been uh, just thinking of ways uh, about food security, thinking of ways to create food security just in my neighborhood with my neighbors. We live on a pretty small piece of land here. Um, and we have lots of neighbors and on our street. So how could we all work together to create food security and also food for the bees? And mm -hmm. um, so I'm thinking about, about these things a lot, um, which is a gift for me. And I guess I'll 
wrap that thought up by asking if you have anything more to share about the t the tuch. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Tuch. It's the it's tuch, and it it means the offering. Mm. So it's actually. Thank you to me. I would say that if I could distill the Mayan tradition for me down to one concept, it would be that toch, which is the offering, which is the, the giving and receiving. And the, yeah, just the practice of that and, and how simple that can be and how we've lost that in our culture. We just tend to take, take, take um, or over give and not receive as much as we need. Um, and really keeping that balance. Um, so the Maya make offerings for everything. <laughs> and, and it's really beautiful. Um, and I've been trying to teach that to my daughter and it's just such a basic way is like, okay, let's pick some flowers and go bring them to the altar. Let's, you know, just things that are simple and sweet and creative and without a big, needing a big complex prayer or ceremony, but just being in, in relationship really. Um, and how when we do that, I mean, it's just beautiful. And, you know, there's with these things about, you know, nature coming back and there being no human presence and now nature can come back and, the, you know, see some comments of, oh, well, we, we just need to get rid of the humans or whatever. But I don't believe that because when we're in right relationship and co-creation with nature, the, the amount of thriving, like when you speak about creating a garden with your, even if it's a small area, if people are coming together and you do it in love and you're doing it with the intention of the bees and, you know, nature just flourishes. I think, I think our mama just like loves that and would much prefer that to, oh, just get rid of us. You know? So what are the ways we can be working together that way? I really feel that, um, the, I mean, I've just seen so many examples of that um, and the joy and the flourishing that can happen. It's that's the part that keeps me the most hopeful when things get really crazy is that um, how, how much we can bring back, how much we can restore. And um, that, that always brings me such hope. <laughs> mm -hmm. Me too. I think about, our ancestors, everyone's ancestors, and how they would make offerings mm. throughout the year. Like a good example is, um, I also have Celtic blood. So a good, and, uh, and these types of traditions are seen throughout the world. Um, yeah. But in the Celtic tradition, the, they would burn the Yule log at the winter solstice. And then um, that's a celebration of the light coming back. And then they would sprinkle the ashes from the Yule log on their fields to, in, in an offering to ensure their harvest. And that's, that was a way to be in reciprocity and right relationship and give back um, for what they were receiving, all yeah. the blessings they were receiving. Um, do you have, so we were talking about the prophecies earlier mm -hmm. and I'd love to hear if you have your attention on 
one specific or any specific prophecy that you're aware of mm -hmm. that, that is, might be coming to fruition right now? Um, yeah, my, I, I will say my nature is very much, I like to focus on what, what can we do um, and what's the, the positive, but in an active way, not just mm -hmm. like love and light, because I don't necessarily believe that either. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I feel like, okay, I just want to take action in a good way whenever I can. Um, so there's, I mean, there's the prophecies of the, the like collapsing of the old world. But within that, there's two concepts of the Maya, which I really, really love. And one is um, the people made of honey that were these like this um, higher vibration consciousness awakening at this time. And that it's, it's related to the honey, which is with the bees that work together in cooperation and collaboration and sharing their pollen. And it's when people can really come together and share the beauty of life that we can step into a way of being that's really seeing the beauty, sharing it with each other, you know, creating sweetness. Um, and I really do see that happening a lot. Like you were talking about that paradox and that duality, right? There's this falling away and this incredible darkness and like just horrible things happening. And at the same time, I see this like sweetness and some people just really thriving in certain ways that are really thriving that um, are beautiful. And so Related to that is this concept of Pashil Kayala, which um, translates to like place of the reeds, um, which in the Mayan tradition, the reed is Ach, which is also the staff, which connects heaven and earth, sky and earth, and like that channel of energy um, has a lot of meaning. But basically these Pashil Kayala are places on the earth where things are thriving. Um, the ecosystems are thriving, the people are thriving, the relationships are thriving. Um, and that as the world kind of crumbles away, in the midst of all that are these different pockets of places where things are thriving. Um, I think we're going to see that more and more. And I think a lot of people are drawn to like creating a community or making a land base or um, I think the the ideal, and obviously we we chose to live on, we have 1800 acres, which is kind of far away from everything. We have our own spring water and, you know, we chose to be away from density of humans, but I don't think that's necessarily needed. Um, I think the Pashukayalas can happen in cities and as long as there's that connection and, I mean, yes, you know, there's realities of clean drinking water and you know but um there's just so many things that we can do to support things like that happening and I think to me it almost feels more like the quality of relationship and experience of the whole the community all working in wholeness and unity together that's almost more important than like the physical conditions of say pristine land or pure water. But if, if with those conditions of everything working together um, at a high vibration with love, with unity, with cooperation, that that's really where life can thrive 
and that as these old ways crumble away and we are gonna probably see a lot of things lose a lot, but, but what gets reborn and sustained um, is held in these Pashil Kailas and it can help kind of reseed things again, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm as you're as you're talking about the falling away and what's coming in its place. Um, and to me, that's connected to the duality and the paradox of everything. And mm-hmm. um, just keeps highlighting that's the nature of things. That's the nature of mm-hmm. nature. <laughs> that's the nature of the earth is this paradox, the, the cycle of life and death. And yeah, there's always light and shadow. Yeah. Um, so I just keep being reminded of this, uh, the contrast and this theme of paradox. Um, and I think I think there's right now our conversation, I'm just noting that our conversation right now is um, focused on, it seems to be focused on what is coming in the place of what's falling away. And we could potentially have a whole other conversation about the the hardships. Um, And I just want to note for those listening that, I think our intention is to talk about the medicine here. Yeah. Um, and I feel, I just feel a little bit protective of people who are suffering. And yeah. um, I just want to be clear. <laughs> I want it to be clear to those listening that we are aware. And mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate you sharing these prophecies. It's really helpful for me to hear. And I absolutely honor those prophecies. And I, I want to say the word believe. I believe in them. But that doesn't seem like the right word to me because in my experience, it feels like truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of trust in what, what the elders have, uh, prophesized and shared. And I also, I'm trying to have a lot of trust in what's happening because it's reality. It's yeah. what's happening. And, um, it seems really cliche to say something like everything happens for a reason. Right. And, um, yeah, I think when I tap into like my higher wisdom, my higher self, it does feel like trust. Meanwhile, my human parts are kind of holding on for dear life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, like I go back to the experience of losing my mom. Like um, if you had asked me, you know, she, we, she had breast cancer, but we thought she was 
she, she ended up leaving us really quickly and surprisingly so. Um, but if anybody had asked me a few years ago, one of the worst things I could possibly ever imagine for my life, it would be losing my mom. <laughs> Sorry. And yet in the experience of that, it was, I will say it was the most powerful medicine-filled experience. And I've, I've lived a lot of beautiful medicine-filled experiences. I've been really blessed that way. This one tops the charts. Like, um, that for, for as, as great as the devastation and, and grief and loss, the beauty and the love and the, the medicine of it um, is just as much, if not more so. Um, it just, I'm, I'm just surprised. <laughs> um, for me, it was a, a teaching just that was so powerful. I know I keep going back to that. It's just my personal like anchor in all of this. Um, yeah. And that, you know, this also sounds cliche and just sounds harsh sometimes too, but like we are all going to die at some point too. And facing our mortality and all of that too is also really powerful because it, we, it, we want to talk about bypassing while well, our culture is really good at that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um yeah, it just for me, like, I don't want to dismiss or for me, I just want to bring as much love to the situation as possible. Like if there's going to be death and dying and suffering, holding that with the greatest amount of love and respect and just preciousness of that feels so important and that it, that it, because for me, then it serves a bigger purpose. It's not just at a loss. If it has a, a medicine and a meaning and a, importance to it it's like that feels so potent and important and to me helps me hold it a little easier um because every life is precious every single life is precious and we've we've discarded so many lives as not being precious and that's just you know these kinds of situations it's all up in our face it's like here to look at it and mm -hmm. what are we going to do um yeah, we, I mean, our experience, we're out here kind of in the middle of nowhere. Our daily life isn't that different than what it normally is, <laughs> really. Yeah. <laughs> That's just kind of life we've chosen to live. But um, again, this, this ability to witness each other, hold each other, support each other, um, send medicine to each other, like, like we're doing right now. Um, I'm just so phenomenally, incredibly grateful for these technologies. Um, Me too. I can talk to my family in Holland and we talk to our family in Guatemala and, you know, are able to connect. Um, it's really powerful. And as we're all in our own homes, <laughs> we can still have a deep connection that's so beautiful. And we've never been able to do that at other times in history, you know. So absolutely. I'm just I'm just so interested to see how this will all unfold and just hold the highest prayer for everybody. Mm hmm all of it yeah thank mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. I want to highlight what you what you said about death and spiritual mm -hmm. bypassing mm -hmm. um, and then we can wrap up and I just want to highlight it because what you said is reminding me of my own relationship with death and when this uh, whole uh, 
things started with coronavirus, I was, I was having a big experience around death and my relationship with death and this, um, I'm still not quite satisfied with what I'm learning with death. Mm. But for me, that, 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 that has been some medicine is um, getting into relationship with death and mm. what it means. And considering that I could lose people who I love from this experience, um, and that people I love could lose people that they love. So I haven't thought about it in a few days and that I'm making a note to myself that I wanna dig deeper into this, uh, maybe on another podcast or just, I want us to take note of what we're learning about our relationship with death here because I think you're right that is a huge spiritual bypass in our culture mm-hmm. and it occurs as a miss to me like what are we missing here what could we learn and yeah mm-hmm. uh, and I'm actually connecting that dot to the way that we're kind of staying in the medicine part of in our conversation and not talking so much about the um really challenging implications but like i said i think that is another a whole other conversation that deserves its own spotlight so it's so complex and i'm glad we got to dive into this piece that all of the pieces that you've shared and thank you so much for sharing everything about your mom and your beautiful experience that has come out of her her death and all of your wisdom that you've shared today Mm -hmm. Um, do you want to share where people can find you before we wrap up here thank you yeah so our um our organization is called earth peoples united and our website is earthpeoplesunited.org. And then we're Earth Peoples United on Facebook. We're trying to do a lot of sharing right now and really wanting to be a resource for tools. And we're going to have wisdom keepers sharing teachings and songs and just things to hopefully keep people connected and uplifted and um, with medicine to be able to navigate these times. So. We invite everybody to be part of that and and join as you can and really trying to make this effort with this online presence to reach as many people as we can. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for being with us today, Hetty. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for taking in this episode. If you got value out of it, please take a screenshot and share it on Instagram and tag me, Carrie. I hope that this interview inspired you. I'll put any relevant links in the show notes on therisecollective.org, and you can find past episodes, my weekly blog, and products for sale at therisecollective.org. I love creating this podcast for you, and I get a lot of feedback that it's making a difference for people, which makes it so rewarding. 
we have a goal of getting to 50 patrons by June 15th, 2020, which is a few short months and weeks from now. Right now we have six wonderful patrons who are supporting the show. So please join us in creating the show together. You can join by going to patreon.com slash rise collective. When we have more patrons, I can put out more shows more frequently. Um, I can get more guests on the show. It'll be easier for me to get more guests. I'll be able to have more of the time and energy to devote to this. And this podcast will all in all become more sustainable for me to produce because right now I'm largely funding this show out of my own pocket, which is not going to be sustainable long term for my family. So I ask that if you find value in listening to these episodes, please become a patron for as little as $3 a month. And let's get to 50 by June 15th. Um, yeah, there are lots of costs associated with producing the show, um, including hosting and um, editing and etc. <laughs> so every little bit helps. And if you can't support financially right now, please write a, v- a review. It helps the podcast reach more people. Becoming a patron is worth your while. You'll get lots of gifts from podcast guests And I also provide guided meditations, bonus interviews, resource guides, and so much more. So you can get all this at the $3 a month level. Thank you. And please subscribe in whatever app you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. And I can't wait till next time.